0: action welcome in to the blitz podcast my name is jaden kozak today joined by mitchell mcdonald we're going to be doing a two-round 2022 mock draft just had all the tyree kill stuff go down so we had to scrap everything that we had rewrite it a little bit and record it today mitchell we just we just went through this for the second time uh how are you feeling
1: uh well, a little exhaustive. We had an entire mock draft made up, and then Tyreek Hill decided he wanted to be the highest-paid receiver and just completely threw a curveball our way. I mean, as an AFC West fan, it's been up and down for me right now. Watched yeah. Russell Wilson come into the division. Then we got Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson to fight against that. And then, boom, out of nowhere, Devontae Adams, Raider. And then, finally, Tyreek Hill out of town. That, that kind of alleviates it a little, but Boy, did it really change up our mock draft. We tweaked a few things involved with it because of that. And, well, they have a gaping hole at wide receiver now other than Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah,
0: and obviously, let's let's just talk about it. Tyreek Hill, the timeline of it was just crazy. I wake up, first thing I see is the Chiefs have given Tyreek Hill the permission to seek a trade, and I'm like – whoa, like where, where did this come from? Because obviously we've seen everybody else moving around, but I haven't heard anything about Tyreek Hill. He wanted a contract extension stalled out three hours later. He's a Miami dolphin, just absolutely mind blowing. It was between the dolphins and the jets. They gave him the opportunity to choose between those teams, kind of similar to the way that the Texans did with Deshaun Watson. And he chose Miami and he's going to go down there with Tua. He's going to go down there with Jalen Waddle creating probably the fastest wide receiver pair in the league right now.
1: Um, What are your thoughts on that deal? It was a lot of picks for Tyreek Hill, and he's a great player and all, and with the extension on top, they're going to have him for a long time to come. It really shows that they're completely sold in on to it, and if he can't make something work, then pretty clearly they're going to be that next team in the market for a quarterback. And we've seen plenty of them move around and there's still plenty that could move around. So definitely something to keep an eye on here. Yeah.
0: I just can't, can't believe that that happened, especially after all the moves that have happened in that division over the last week, the dolphins, however, grabbing Teron Armstead, one of the three or four best left tackles in the NFL when healthy and Tyree kill in the span of 24 hours. Got to be pretty happy with that. They do take, or it does cost rather, uh, the Dolphins first round pick this year the Dolphins second round pick this year, I believe a fourth this year, and then a fourth and a sixth next year going to Kansas city for Tyree kill. Um, Tyree kill becomes the highest paid receiver in the NFL with a four year $120 million extension, which is kind of crazy. And you're looking at a pretty yeah. loaded Dolphins offense. Now, as far as playmakers go, Mike Gisecki there on the franchise tag, Jalen Waddle, obviously coming back, Tyree kill, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert. This team, I was talking to Mitchell about it yesterday, feels very, very similar to what they have built in San Francisco, where you've got multiple running backs, you've got receivers that you can use in different ways, a tight end that you could use in a receiver fashion if you need to, a very, very good left tackle, Trent Williams, uh, Teron Armstead, and a quarterback who you feel like you could always be ready to replace at any given moment because he's just good enough but just surround him with playmakers surround him with a bunch of good players on the defensive side. Dolphins dolphins are looking scary man. I think if Tua can get it all together, you find a way to get Waddle and Tyreek the ball which should be very easy for Mike McDaniel. I think they could really put together something down in Miami. Moving on from that though, let's get ready to get into this mock draft. We're going to alternate picks on this one. He's going to take the odds, I'm going to take the evens. Chargers had 17, Steelers had 20. Um so let's just get right into it. Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. Number one, who are they taking?
1: As tempting as it was to try to put myself in the Trent Balky mindset and just pick the randomest pick I could think of, like maybe like George Karloftis at number one rather than an obvious pick, I'm going to go with the obvious pick, and I'm going to go with Aiden Hutchinson. They already tried to revamp the offensive line, and there's a lot of offensive line talent early. And then the next best thing outside of the tackles is Aiden Hutchinson, and he's probably better than those tackles. So they're definitely going to try to revamp this defense, I believe, after losing Miles Jack this offseason and giving Josh Allen a counterpart to get after the quarterback with.
0: Yeah, totally agree with this pick, especially after the Camp Robinson tag. Aiden Hutchinson currently the betting favorite to go number one overall. Number two, the Lions probably would like to have Aiden Hutchinson here. But they're going to have to settle for arguably the best player in the class in Kyle Hamilton. Trust the big board. That's pretty much all I have to say here. Kyle Hamilton is the number one player on most boards, and he's going to be the number two pick in this draft.
1: And that leaves me with the number three pick at the Texans. Kind of leaves them in a weird position. Team in a complete rebuild. They need anything except apparently quarterback, because they're set on Davis Mills for some reason. And I was torn between two guys, Kayvon Thibodeau and Akeem Equanu was my other decision, and I chose Equanu. They already have a left tackle in Tunsil, but Equanu, he just has that raw talent that you do not see out of a lot of big men like him. He is so explosive, and I think he's a nice cornerstone for a franchise on the beginning of a rebuild. Worst comes to worst, he actually pans out. They can trade him for more draft picks, but this is – Definitely a massive just positional pick. What's worth the most here for them? And that is Akeem Ikwanu. Yeah.
0: The only thing that I would say to counter that point is Evan Neal still being there at three. And since they seem committed to Laramie Tunsil, you keep Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. Evan Neal's played right tackle. At Alabama, you could put Evan Neal at right tackle, so he's going to be the pick here for the New York Jets at number four because they're going to keep Mikay Becton at left tackle. Evan Neal's going to play right tackle. You're really building something there for Zach Wilson. Uh, with Becton, Evan Neal, you've got Elijah Vera Tucker at guard. You also had Lake and Tomlinson, and for agency and Connor Williams, I believe. Or no, that was that was Miami, excuse me. Um, but they were in on this Tyree kill sweepstakes. They weren't able to get him. I, I don't know why people were so upset that the jets didn't give up a first for tyree kill because the only first that they have are four and ten and you saw miami gave up uh 29 and you're like real ready to give up 10 or four i don't know like i would i wouldn't be that mad about it i'd love to have Tyree kill on my team but i'm perfectly fine keeping those two top ten picks
1: yeah if they were gonna give up anything it'd just be one of the first and maybe like a late round. That was the only thing you could probably justify if you were New York. And that leaves me with the other New York team with the Giants here. And I'm actually going to go with Charles Cross here. He's typically more of a left tackle and they are pretty set with Andrew Thomas at left tackle, but I think he can make the transition to try to give Daniel Jones that extra pass protection with the way Trevor Penning has been rising in most scouts eyes. It was somewhat of a debate here, but not really, because I just don't see him being top 10 talent worthy. And they still have other positional needs at edge, but look at who's picking next. And we aren't doing trades in this draft. The Panthers are next. If they drafted defense again, they would have Matt Rule just dead. He'd be at the stake in flames if he drafted if he had any part in drafting another defensive guy in the first round here.
0: And perfect transition into number six, Carolina. This is going to be pretty controversial pick here, and it's going to be Kenny Pickett being the first quarterback off the board. And before you call me an idiot, just hear me out, okay? The three tackles are gone. Every single mock draft I've done has had Charles Cross going at six to Carolina. I thought about Trevor Penning, but I I just I'm not in love with him as a prospect. I definitely don't love him at number six. Ben McAdoo, the offensive coordinator in Carolina, loves Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett buys you more time if you're Matt Rule, if you're that entire front office. You're, you're running out of time in Carolina. You're saving your jobs, and I think that that's what this pick does. Is it buys you more time? You know, hopefully you can figure something out with Pickett. If not, you're probably gone anyway. But if you take Charles Cross and Sam Donald continues to be what Sam Donald is, your job is gone after this upcoming season. Kenny Pickett probably buys you another two years because you've got to develop him and keep moving forward with that. So, honestly, this this might be a blessing in disguise here to see those tackles go three, four, and five. And you, if you're Matt Rule, you buy yourself some more time with Kenny Pickett.
1: Yeah, my Giants pick might have slightly been pushing you into the saucier, more glitz and glamorous pick of a quarterback at six, slightly doing that, also addressing a need at the same time. And, well, Giants are back up for me now. And look who just fell right into their lap as an edge rusher, Kayvon Thibodeau. He fits a need. He's got all the potential in the world. He's an explosive athlete. And they would be missing out big time if they did not take him here with such a positional need and edge on this New York Giants team. Yeah,
0: I think that's a slam dunk for New York to get Charles Cross and Kayvon Thibodeau at five and seven. Uh, you address the trenches and you get, you know, some people's top edge and some people's top tackle. Like you, there's an argument to be made. Some people are making that argument that cross is the top tackle and that Kayvon Thibodeau is the top edge. Puts me up at number eight. Derek Stingley is going to be the pick here for the Atlanta Falcons. I know that Ahmad Gardner has moved into CB1 for a lot of people. I love Stingley. And I think the prospect of putting him next to AJ Terrell is just something that the Falcons aren't going to be able to pass on. Falcons need everything. The Falcons have moved into the same spot that the Houston Texans are in right now, where pretty much it's best player available. And in my opinion, at this point, that is Derek Stingley.
1: Mm. If I had been on the evens, I probably would have been taking sauce here just because of less injury concern and We've seen it lately as opposed to Stingley, who kind of coasted his last few years. He's still got all the talent in the world. He showed that in 2019 with LSU. And next up, we have the Seattle Seahawks. They are borderline one of these teams that needs about every position except wide receiver, and it's about it. And I'm going to start kind of this trend. I know they said they're content with Drew Locke. They're going to try to take him into the season, but I'm going to take. Malik Willis here. They're a team that's going to be on the rebuild. They're not acting like they're on the rebuild, but they definitely are right now. And Malik has just the flash. He has a lot of athletic ability, great arm. He can make it into tight windows. It's a matter of how he does under pressure in game situations, which we haven't seen as much considering he was at Liberty and had a lot of boneheaded plays. But there's, there's one thing that never fails. It's overdrafting of quarterbacks and NFL drafts. And that's why I have them taking him at number nine. Yeah. And one of the
0: thoughts or one of the things that you could probably say is why not Malik Willis at six? Uh, he seems to be most people's quarterback one, but I just feel like Pickett is going to be able to get ready faster. And Carolina needs to be ready faster than Seattle does. Seattle's about is looking uh, three, four-year rebuild in the face right now. Uh, especially considering you couldn't get more than two draft picks from Denver or more than two first round picks from Denver. Like you've got a lot of work to do with this roster. Moving on to number 10, New York Jets. They're going to take Ahmad Gardner here. Uh, Trayvon Walker was definitely on my mind here because they get the tackle at four. They could go edge here, but they really need DBs. DJ Reed's not going to fix their problems back there. And Ahmad Gardner, who's, you know, could very well be their CB1 still available at 10. So I think they take him.
1: That is an amazing pick. Slight fall for Sauce. I mean, he's been climbing up boards, but Jets definitely need DBs right now. And he is the top one in my mind. And next up, we have the newfound Washington Commanders at pick number 11. And with this one, I'm going to go with Drake London. They definitely need a bigger target on this offense because they have Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel as the main receiving threats. Neither are necessarily go up and get it guys. I know Terry gets a lot of contested balls, but he's relatively undersized for a receiver. And Drake London is borderline like Mike Williams when he goes up to get the ball. He is going to dunk on people pretty much. And having someone like that for Carson Wentz considering logan thomas is your tight end and he can rarely stay on the field it's nice to have that safety net of a guy where you can just throw it up in the general vicinity and you know he's going to come down with it and that's why i think they go with him at number 11
0: yeah it's gonna be very nice to get that big guy to be opposite of terry mclaurin it's gonna be very similar to what you had in michael pittman last year in indianapolis for carson wentz moving on to number 12 is the minnesota vikings and it's gonna be trent mcduffie i don't like love this pick because I don't know how they're going to feel about him being kind of smaller, a very heady player, super smart, but he's a little smaller and I don't know how Minnesota is going to feel about it, but they desperately, desperately, desperately need corners. And uh, edge was in play here, but then they go out and get Zedaria Smith. So that kind of x's that out. Uh, So the picks going to stick with Trent McDuffie.
1: I like McDuffie as a prospect. These top three cornerbacks, they're all going to be starters coming into the league. McDuffie, is gritty he both of those washington corners will finish tackles that's something they embed into them the entire time they're at washington and he just never seems to be out of place and for a team like minnesota their secondary is probably the weak spot on this defense right now other than harrison smith who's aging they might as well start the revamp of it and try to compete now and next up we are back with the houston texans after the deshaun watson trade and yet again, they're going best available. And look what Matt, what guy fell to them. Trayvon Walker, edge rusher. And what is a very high-touted position, edge. And Walker has all the athletic intangibles you'd like to see. Whether or not he'll be an effective pass rusher when it comes to the league has yet to be seen. He didn't quite put up the stats he'd want at Georgia, but Georgia's team was loaded. It's kind of hard to pull stats out of there when everybody else is getting them as well. But he is just one of those utility guys. You don't necessarily have to have him at edge, but he's amazing there. And this will be an, an amazing start to the rebuild with him and Akeem McQuanu with these first two picks.
0: Yeah. Trayvon well, Walker at 13. I mean, this is a guy that I've seen as high as two, and I don't necessarily believe – that he will be going at number two overall. But he is definitely a very good player. Extremely raw, though. He's obviously got everything in uh, run-stopping, but doesn't necessarily have a pass rush plan yet. And you'd obviously like to have that in a guy that you're picking in the top 10. So a little bit of a fall here for Trayvon Walker, but still a phenomenal player and a phenomenal get for Houston. Number 14 is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. This is going to be Jermaine Johnson. And this was kind of a tough pick because a lot of what I've been seeing is a defensive back here whether it be McDuffie or sauce or Derek Stingley, but they're all gone. Uh, I also contemplated Trevor Penning here, but ultimately I'm going to stick with Jermaine Johnson. You're going to get a guy that goes opposite Adafi Owe. And I kind of, kind of a tough pick for Baltimore, especially because it's hard to pick for a team that's expected to contend again next year, but I can't pick a wide receiver for them again. So we're going to stick with Jermaine Johnson.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for that pick, you could argue maybe a guy like Jordan Davis to try to lock down the center for them, considering they just got Pierce back, but he's not amazing, and is there as well, and he's kind of raw, hasn't proven himself yet. And speaking of Jordan Davis, that leads me to my next pick for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, it's not necessarily a need for them right now, but Fletcher Cox is only coming back on a one-year deal, and he's not getting any younger. I think they're going to want to try to lock down that nose tackle position. And Jordan Davis is just the guy to do that. Complete athletic freak. No one's going to run past him going up the gut. He leaves you wanting more in his pass rushing, but he has time to develop. And who better to learn under than Fletcher Cox?
0: Yeah, I think, I think it was a great pick for Philadelphia to be able to get him I think this is pretty much the floor for him especially considering that Philadelphia has three first round picks you can take the chance on a guy like Jordan Davis so I think 15 is pretty much the floor or at least I guess 16 would pretty much be the floor for Jordan Davis so I'm back up with the Philadelphia Eagles and with this pick they're going to take their third consecutive first round receiver they're going to go with Garrett Wilson a lot of people's wide receiver one flew up boards on the during the combine And this is a guy that's great to go opposite Devontae Smith. Um, I would have loved for like Drake London to fall to here, but reality is he's not there. And like, you could argue Jamison Williams, but I'd imagine they're probably still hoping they can get something out of Jalen Rager. So Garrett Wilson, another great all around wide receiver and they're going to take him here at 16.
1: Speaking of Jamison Williams, he is going to be my pick for my Los Angeles chargers. You get, Justin Herbert, a burner of a receiver here, which we've been lacking. Jalen Guyton's there, but he's not necessarily the most reliable guy going deep downfield. Jameson could easily grow into one of the top receivers in the league. I know his torn ACL has been lowering him on a lot of people's list, but in terms of career span, he might be my highest rated guy out of all the receivers here. And for the Chargers, there's a few other positions they need, like interior, nose tackles, Jordan Davis is gone. Devontae Wyatt is good, but we've also been addressing it. And at the same time, we are missing a right tackle now, but there's also talks of Matt Filer bouncing out the right tackle. And I just don't think Trevor Penning fits our offense. We're going to go pass heavy, and he is much more of a run blocker. He struggles in pass protection in comparison. And it leads me to believe Jameson is the pick here, especially – with a team like the Chiefs being down receivers and probably going to be taking out that talent in the second and late first, which is probably going to cause more of a rush, leaving us with nothing in the third round for that.
0: Yeah. And I love this pick. And this is something that I talked to you about. I feel like if you took a Calvin Austin or somebody like that, with that third round pick that you guys have, you don't feel as you don't want him to get into the offense as much. Because he you didn't you didn't put that much of an asset. I would, but wow, yeah. (laughs) But if you put a first round pick into a guy like Jamison Williams, you're going to want to incorporate him a lot. And once you do that, you're going to see great results for Keenan Allen underneath Mike Williams on the deep ball. I mean, I I think Jamison Williams opens this offense up even more than it already is, especially with Justin Herbert's arm. I think this is an absolute dream fit, probably one of my favorite fits from the first round. Moving on to number eighteen. There's going to be Trevor Penning with the New Orleans Saints. This is, a, this is a team that I could potentially see moving up to get Penning uh, if he falls. He, he obviously makes it to them here at 18, but let's say 13. The Houston Texans don't like what they see. They could definitely move up with the Houston Texans, and Texans would like to add some assets, obviously. Uh, Saints get their Teron Armstead replacement. I, I didn't really know what else to do. I mean, a wide receiver makes sense, but Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jamison Williams all gone. I feel like this is a little too early for Olave. Trevor Penning is easily the best player available at this point. So Trevor Penning is the pick here for the New Orleans Saints.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to say they definitely need to start that revamping of the O-line, take Trevor Penning here. You could uh, you could probably argue Raymond, but that's a bit of a reach. He's probably a late first if that. And that leads me into the 19th pick overall yet again, the Philadelphia Eagles. And for them, I'm going to go cornerback and I'm going to go Andrew Booth as the best remaining of this top tier of cornerback. It's a definitely position in need for them. This is not one to overthink and they take Andrew Booth here.
0: Yeah. The next up number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is obviously my team. This is kind of a nightmare right now. Like, When when I watched this happen, I was like, oh, my God, this is awful. So top two quarterbacks are off the board. Uh, I don't want Pickett personally, but I know a lot of people do. And Willis, gone. Your top three corners, McDuffie. Your top four corners, McDuffie, Stingley, Gardner, Booth, all gone. Jordan Davis is gone. And your best four tackles are gone in Penning, Aquanu, Neal, Cross. Obviously, those three Aquanu, Neal, and Cross probably gone regardless. But this is a nightmare for Pittsburgh. I don't. I think this is a very, very big target to trade down if they haven't traded up. Like if this happens, I could very well see them moving down because there's just not any value here for them. But we're not doing trades, so I'm going to take Kyer Elam out of Florida. We still need corners. We addressed it a little bit. We brought back Killa Witherspoon. We're bringing in Levi Wells from Buffalo, but fact of the matter is that's, that's just not a good group as of right now. And like, I could see the Bernard Raymond argument, maybe a wide receiver here, but we usually do pretty well drafting wide receivers in the mid to late rounds. And I think that's probably going to be the strategy once again this year. So we have had literally no luck drafting corners and, you know, I just, I hope this one pans out. That's pretty much all I got to say.
1: Yeah, I kind of left you in a rough spot there. There were not a lot of needs left for you guys available at this moment. And that's why we do this. You got to improvise and adapt and overcome without trading. (laughs) And for number 21 with the Pats, this would be an amazing landing spot if Jameson Williams were to slide because everybody knows Bill Belichick and Nick Saban have a connection. And those Alabama guys tend to go to Bill Belichick and thrive. But instead, they do not get him. And I'm going to go with the best linebacker available in Devin Lloyd, as they just recently cut Kyle Van Noy and they need a centerpiece in that defense, to try to move around and keep them at an upper echelon level here.
0: Yeah, I like this pick. I think I've mocked this pick for the Patriots pretty much every mock I've done. Um, might need to fact check that later, but. 22, Green Bay Packers. This is the Las Vegas Raiders pick that they got for Devontae Adams, and they're going to replace Devontae Adams here, or try to anyway, with Arkansas wide receiver Traylon Burks. He's a big, big big-bodied receiver, obviously not as big as Drake London, but 6'3", strong hands. It's going to be able to hopefully build a connection with Aaron Rodgers in the two to three years that Rodgers has left. I just, like, as much as obviously you want to keep Devontae Adams, I cannot... Put my mind around having to move him with Rodgers back on the team under contract for the next three years and the current receiver situation they're in. That just sets them back so far. And granted, a pretty weak NFC now, but hopefully, Traylon Burks hits. This will be the first, uh, first round wide receiver since Greg Jennings, I believe, for the Green Bay Packers. So trying out new things in Green Bay this year. I
1: think it was Walker, and 04. Yikes. I think it's been since so far. <laughs> Wow. Now, Burks, he might not have been the pick I would have taken here because his game is very predicated at the line of scrimmage in motion. And while they do incorporate that now more in Green Bay, I think he needs more of a defined route runner, more like a guy like Chris Olave, who has just about every route in his tree. While Traylon does leave you wanting a little more as a route runner, He is still an amazing talent and he has a lot of upside and power in his game. And at the next pick, we have the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of their needs are in the trenches. They need guard. They need interior defensive line. They need cornerbacks. They probably still would tempt themselves into looking linebacker a little bit, just because they haven't had the best of luck at that considering last year's pick. But, uh, for this pick, I'm going to go with Devontae Wyatt instead of one of those guards because their run defense, still pretty rough, and they lost Chandler Jones. They're going to need someone to plug up the middle, and Devontae Wyatt is also a pretty good pass rusher, helps a little bit with that loss of Chandler Jones, and it plugs up the holes right up the middle. Yeah, and
0: this is a team that I could definitely see uh, if he's still available at like 12, 13, 14 could definitely look to move up to go grab Jordan Davis because they desperately need interior defensive line help. And they have not addressed that position at all. And for agency, they haven't really addressed any position at all in free agency. They've mostly just brought their guys back, but Devontae Wyatt, not a bad consolation prize and you don't have to move up to get him. 24 Cowboys are going to get Iowa center, Tyler Linderbaum. This is a lot of people's, you know, one of their best players in the draft overall positional value aside uh, takes I guess a little bit of a slide here, but this isn't really a slide anymore. I mean, a few months ago, we were talking about him, you know, maybe being a top 10 top 12 pick, but now I I don't remember the last time I saw him inside the top 20. So I mean, I think this is a great value for Dallas. I think if you can add Linderbaum to this unit, I mean, Zach Martin's still there. Toronto, Tyron Smith is still there. Terrence Steele is still there. You're, you're bringing yourself kind of back to like 2014 Dallas Cowboys line that was one of the best in the NFL if Tyler Linderbaum hits, which all signs point to the fact
1: that he will. Yeah, they've been looking for center since Travis Frederick left the game. And Linderbaum seems like a surefire at this point, and they will be able to play a little more bully bowl like they used to, especially after losing Lyle Collins. They're going to need a revamp on the O-line. And with my next pick, we're at the Buffalo Bills. Now – they don't necessarily have a ton of needs maybe receiver maybe cornerback because well the receivers at this point the top tier guys that are left are either undersized or field burners who would be a massive reach at this point in the draft and after just picking up jameson crowder i could not justify the receivers that are within reason at this point in the draft maybe a trade back for them is inevitable or a trade up to try to get one of those upper echelon guys that have a little more size to them. But at this point in the draft, I'm going to take Zion Johnson for them. They recently have lost some guards and Josh Allen should be their priority. Number one, keeping him safe. And Johnson has a chance to be a massive impact player right off the bat. You can play him at guard. You can play him at center. He has a little bit of flexibility on the line. He is probably one of the most, well, he probably is the most valuable guy on the interior offensive line, not named Tyler Wunderbaum.
0: And we're going to have a little run on interior offensive linemen here as the Tennessee Titans go Kenyon green at number 26. Titans were also kind of hard to pick for. Initially, I actually had this as Desmond Ritter, which I don't know if that was us doing this at 1 a.m. or what it was, but (laughs) I, I kind of went back on it a little bit. I still think that it's a possibility, though. I mean, how many how many more years does Ryan Tannehill have left? He's going to be thirty four at the start of next season, and you've kind of got to maximize this window where you have Derrick Henry still being the best running back in the league. But they're going to stick interior offensive line here with Kenyon Green. Kind of had a crappy pro day. I, I think Texas A and M as a whole, like they had the opposite of what we had in Indianapolis for the combine. They had a slow track, a lot of guys running really slow forties,
1: but. Kenyon
0: Green's still going to stick in the first round here for Tennessee.
1: And that leads us to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next. They're pretty much running it back again now that Tom Brady's back in town. And with that run of guards and centers, it makes it rough to pick for them here because they're either going to have to reach or pick a position that's not quite as big of a need. But for this one, this one might shock a little bit of people here. I'm going to take cornerback Kyler Gordon. He's another one of those Washington cornerbacks. His teammate, Trent McDuffie, went earlier in this draft. While they are bringing back most of their corners, it's still a position that they could use help in. I know Carlton Davis is back. I know Sean Murphy Bunting's back. They pretty much brought back the whole unit of corners, but they just leave you wanting more with each of them. And I think Kyler can step in day one and be a starting quarterback in this league and especially in that NFC South division where there is a huge lack of receivers, not in Carolina, but there's a lack of quarterback there at the moment. So I think he could show out in his rookie season on Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah, and this this is a very tough pick to make just because now with everybody coming back, they don't really have any needs once again. Like we were talking about it before, like this team's going to lose everybody. And then Tom Brady comes back and everybody's like, oh, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just run it back in Tampa Bay. Cause why wouldn't you, you got a chance to win a Super Bowl. So now they don't have any needs again. Uh, and obviously that run on guards or interior offensive lineman that we just had kind of screwed them over because that would be the one spot. Also, can we talk about the fact that uh, Bill Belichick just gave Tom Brady a welcome back gift? in Shaq Mason for a fifth like 10 million dollar cap hit is not that terrible like 10 million dollars
1: yeah,
0: that's less than what the Bengals just gave Alex Kappa and Shaq Mason is twice the player than Alex Kappa is that absolute gift uh for Tom Brady I, I don't know what the thought process was there for New England but moving on to 28 the Green Bay Packers while I was tempted to double up on receiver here I just, I can't see them taking like a lot of it. I just feel like they kind of cross him off the board because he's just not their type of receiver. They like bigger bodied receivers and right tackle is going to be an open hole for them. And they're going to fill it here with Bernard Raymond. Uh, some people really like this guy. Some people really don't. I'm somewhere in the middle, probably leaning more towards not liking him as much uh, just because I, I feel like he might be capped out as a player. Um Cause he is 24. He's going to be 24 coming into the league this season, but you need him now. And he is one of the most NFL ready tackles in this class. And you need NFL ready players right now, because you've got only two to three more years left of Aaron Rodgers.
1: I'm a little on the opposite end of the spectrum for Raymond. I think he's only growing. He hadn't been playing the position that long. He's still putting on weight and he showed out last year's pass protector and you look at other tackles in the league, Alejandro Villanueva, he hadn't been in the league that long yet. He's 38, and he managed to be good until he became a human turnstile. But that was partially aged for him. And yeah. next up, what was originally the Miami Dolphins pick, and the main reason why we're going to have to switch this from our original mock draft, is now the Kansas City Chiefs. And I am going to end up taking a bit of a project player here a guy who is currently injured and more than likely not going to play this season in David Ojabo. He's one of the more unique talents coming off the edge this year in this category. He's got blazing speed. He showed it at Michigan. He's going to be out for this year, unfortunately, and trading away Tyreek Hill. I don't know if the chiefs are necessarily thinking buy in right now to win. And when you get a guy like Ojabo, he could be a massive impact coming in next year if they can manage to bring back Frank Clark and Chris Jones and just sure up that defensive line. Because last year, this defense was horrible until they got Melvin Gordon, uh, Melvin Ingram. Sorry, wrong charger. I hate Melvin Gordon. Not going to bring him up anymore, but Melvin Ingram came to town and they could finally move Chris Jones back to the interior. And suddenly things just started to click for the Chiefs. And I think, Next year, or maybe even later this year, if he has a miracle came acres recovery from this Achilles injury, he could make a massive impact for this defense right off the bat
0: and I just I don't know I, I can't get behind it right now like i I like the job though I really did multiple times I had him going as high as eight to Atlanta when he was healthy because I love the potential that he has, but the problem is Kansas City like I know you're saying like with they're moving tyreek they aren't necessarily looking to win now, but man Travis Kelsey's not going to be around forever. You're letting Tyron Matthew walk now. I mean, you're you're pro- this pro- might be like a year where you go like 10 and 7, 11 and 6, you get bounced in the divisional round and you reload and you come back. But David Ajabo is probably 2 years away now, especially with this Achilles injury, he's 2 years away from being an NFL ready edge and regardless of, you know, who else is around and Patrick Mahomes is going to make you a competitive team whenever he's on the field. And David Ojabo is such a project that you're losing that year of rookie development. This is essentially a redshirt year for him, and he's so raw that you're you're so far away from having him come in and be the guy that you're hoping he can be. I don't know if it's worth taking a first-round pick. That I mean, this is the Tyreek Hill pick. Like, Are you willing to take a guy that you're not going to see at least for a year, may not see him starting for two years for Tyreek Hill? I I just, I don't know. I think he's probably... I, I think he's going to fall out of the first round. Maybe, you know, I don't even know if he's a top 50 guy anymore at this point. So, you know, teach their own, I guess. And again, I love a job, I just, I can't see it for him right now with that injury, but moving on number 30, this is going to be Scott Moore, a guy that's been moving up a lot of boards, been getting a lot of buzz. Uh, the chiefs apparently love him. And I don't know if he's going to make it to 50 where they got that second round pick today from Miami. So I think they're just going to get this one out of the way right now. They obviously need wide receiver now with Tyreek Hill out the door. This is your Tyreek Hill replacement,
1: Sky Moore. Hopefully going to be that guy for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Sky Moore, he has blazing speed. He should be able to fill into that role. Almost immediately, obviously, you're not going to replace Tyreek Hill the way he played, but Sky Moore is going to be a decent replacement for that. And that leads me next to pick number 31 with Cincinnati Bengals. And for this pick, I'm going to take George Loftus, and I'm going to pair him up opposite of Trey Hendrickson. This should be a formidable duo for them. And Jaden's making a face right now. It's because he doesn't like white edge rushers. And it's fine, Jaden. I think this is going to be a solid duo. With none of the premier offensive linemen left at this point without having to have a pretty sizable reach for the Bengals, I think they just picked best player available. And Karloftis has fallen to the second the last pick in the first round. So why not shore up the defense?
0: Yeah. I mean, I understand it. It's just the fact that Trey Henderson and uh, George Karloftis just feel so – similar and I I'm not a hater of white edge rushers I literally have T.J. Watt on my <laughs> team but I I don't know like that do, I just I would a if he's healthy that'd be a dream fit in Cincinnati you put the athlete next to the non-athlete and Trey I'm, I'm sorry I don't mean to shit on Trey Hendrickson this is this is unwarranted this is totally unwarranted <laughs> let me stop moving on 32 the Detroit Lions they're going to get a receiver here they're going to go Ohio State's Chris Olave smooth route runner with I wouldn't say sneaky speed but I think a lot of us were surprised when he ran what like a. initially he ran a 4-2 something at the combine because they had those those ridiculous (laughs) uh, that ridiculous clocking method I don't really know what happened there but still ran a lot faster than a lot of people thought that he would Um, you need somebody to go with a Monroe St. Brown you could draft anything here. And I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. Except for, you know, if you take another safety, I'm going to question your intelligence, but uh, Chris Olave going to be the pick here at 32 for the Detroit lions.
1: Yeah. Olave surprisingly came in with the official speed of the 40 behind Garrett Wilson, who is a much bigger receiver than him and teammate a little odd there, but he's still one of the faster guys in this draft build up some weapons for the future quarterback that is obviously not going to be Jared Goff in a few years, but hey, they might be able to make some noise with Jared Goff in there. Now that they have Char, Amon Ross, St. Brown and Olave with the running back tandem back there. And next up with the first pick of the second round for the Jacksonville Jaguars, go best available. Nakobe Dean's still here and they still need line. Well, not still. Freshly need linebacker after cutting Miles Jack. And what better way to start it with a guy who slid out of the first round somehow into Kobe Dean? He should be a great centerpiece for this defense to build around.
0: I like this pick. Obviously, the best player available. A lot of people have Nicobe Dean in the first round. I'm not as high on Nicobe Dean as a lot of people because, like, I know that that Georgia defense was loaded. And there were a lot of players that are really good that couldn't get on the field. But if you're taking a linebacker in the first round, obviously we have him as basically a first rounder here at 33. I want him on the field on all three downs, especially I mean, he's undersized, wasn't on the field all the time. I know that there is a lot of talent on that team. But if you're taking a first round linebacker, he better be like easily the best linebacker on his team. Uh, so I'm a little worried about Nicobe Dean, uh, but I think I think he'll do all right. Jacksonville, you put him next to uh Foy They just grabbed from Atlanta. Just keep drafting best player available if you're Jacksonville. Hopefully fix this around Trevor Lawrence. Um 34, Detroit Lions, another. I mean, I guess you could call this best available. Boy Mafe, they didn't get Aiden Hutchinson at two. So, they're going to take an edge here. You're probably going to see a lot for like the next six or seven picks of like these, those teams at the top needing like two or three things, but they're only able to address one. They're going to get the opposite at that position here for these next couple picks, for these next couple teams.
1: Yeah. And a lot of these picks are guys that you could have probably argued a little bit could have gone in the first because they just have talent, but it's just a matter of what the teams needed at the end of the first. And next up, it leads me to the New York Jets, the only one of the Jets picks that Jaden does not have today. <laughs> I'm going to address their needed edge, and I'm going to go with Arnold Ebicchetti out of Penn State. He is an amazing edge rusher. Obviously not one of those top-tier guys like we've already discussed, but it's a position in need for them, and I believe he can be an impact player day one for this team.
0: Yeah, I, l- I like the edge pick there. Obviously, we had them go Evan Neal and then Ahmad Gardner. You could have, you know, Trayvon Walker was there. Kayvon Thibodeau was there at four. They get neither of those guys. So they're going to get a guy to go opposite Carl Lawson here at 35, which takes me to the Giants. I believe this is the only one of the Giants picks that you don't have. And this is going to be Daxton Hill, uh, safety slash slot corner out of Michigan. Um, you can move him anywhere. And I, I like that about him. I have been trying to squeeze him into the first round, but just couldn't find a good fit that I liked this time around. So he's going to fall to 36 here to the giants, but love this pick for New York.
1: Yeah. I'm a big fan of Daxon as well. You can play him in slot. You can play him at safety. He's pretty much a utility in the secondary for them. And while it's not necessarily a massive need for them, they still need safety and Bradbury still on the cut verge for them from what i know i mean there's been talks about it for months apparently as of uh
0: about 20 30 minutes ago kansas city looks like they're interested in james bradbury and stefan gilmore to patch up their holes at corner just a little
1: rumor report Ooh, mid-episode drop there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next up, we are back to the neediest team in the NFL for positions outside of quarterback, apparently, in the Houston Texans. And for this one, I'm going to take George Pickens out of Georgia. He is a 6'4 monster, and right now, they only have undersized receivers. Nico Hollins and Brandon Cooks aren't necessarily guys that you can tell to go up and get it. Pickens is pretty solid. He can move on the line of scrimmage. He runs pretty good routes. He's just all around talented and they need anything they can get on the offensive end because, well, look at what we've done so far. We drafted a left tackle and an edge rusher. They don't exactly have firepower on offense yet.
0: Yeah. I mean, they desperately, desperately need playmakers. Um, honestly, I wouldn't hate a running back for them here at 37. I mean, you're going to need something to keep the offense afloat. And, like, I remember one thing that I had been saying was, why don't they go out and get Rashad Penny? Like, that could be a guy who could be very good for you in the future uh, once you've kind of built this thing a little bit better, but he goes back to Seattle. So a running back here wouldn't be crazy, but I love George Pickens as a player. I love this pick where you kind of get him time to get back up to speed because they're going to suck for a long time. Moving on to 38, the New York Jets. They're going to take a safety here as well. They're going to get Lewis Seen out of Georgia. They lose Marcus May in free agency. I'm fairly certain that he missed almost all of the season this past year. With I think he was injured, and then there was like a criminal thing. I don't know, like a I I don't know what it was, but um, he goes to New Orleans. So you have a hole to fill there. Lewisine going to New York at 38.
1: And number 39, we have the Chicago Bears. First pick in the draft for them. They have a fair amount of needs. You need anything on the offensive line. You need receiver. You need cornerback. You need edge now that Khalil max gone, And I'm going to try to protect Justin Fields with this first pick. Initially, in our first mock draft, we had Tyler Smith out of Tulsa falling. He's a guy who can play inside or outside on the offensive line. More than likely going to end up being a tackle on this team who is lacking talent on the offensive line, to say the least. He has a lot of upside. He's been climbing up boards a lot. I mean, even Mel Kiper ended up taking him at like for the Cowboys pick, I believe, at 24 in the first round. I don't know if he's that high up boards yet, but he's definitely one of the more interesting prospects coming in. Yeah, and
0: you want to talk about a team that's going to be struggling to improve this offseason. I mean, the Chicago Bears have lost Khalil Mack to a trade. They lost Allen Robinson to the Rams. They lose James Daniels to Pittsburgh this it's just getting really bared in Chicago. And I mean, you obviously want to rebuild this thing around Justin Fields, but you don't have a first round pick this year because you use that pick to go up and get Justin Fields. It's rough right now in Chicago. I I don't think once the draft is said and done, I mean, I don't think there's going to be a team that has gotten worse, lost more, like lost more talent and added less talent than the Chicago bears just because they don't have the assets to do so right now. And I mean, another guy, Eddie Goldman, probably out the door. Akeem Hicks, probably out the door. Like you're losing a lot and you're not going to be able to gain any of it back because you don't have a first round pick. So hopefully Tyler Smith can hit here at 39 for the Chicago Bears. Seattle Seahawks, number 40. I believe this is a Denver. No, this is their pick either. way, I mean, they're back to back picks here, so it doesn't really matter. But number four, Denver's
1: and then it's their actual. Pick. Yeah.
0: OK, uh, number 40. This is going to be Tariq Woolen. Cornerback out of UTSA. And you may not know who this is, but I think he's going to fit really well if Pete Carroll stays and they keep the same defensive scheme. This guy played a lot of cover three, a lot of press cover three in college. And I just, weird players get drafted early all the time. This is why mock drafts are almost never right. So, Tariq Woolen, screw it. UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio. I had to look that up myself. Uh, For any UTSA uh, (laughs) supporters, stand up.
1: Hey, they have a running back in this draft as well. They apparently had an amazing class this senior year, or two amazing guys in their senior class this year, I guess. (laughs) Next up, Seattle Seahawks, yet again. There's a lot of needs on this team. They just started to address cornerback, but they also now need to address edge because Carlos Dunlap, no longer on the team. And with this pick, I'm going to take Drake Jackson. He's a guy coming out of USC, obviously. Pete Carroll has some ties there. He's a speedy edge rusher. Doesn't necessarily have all the fine-tuned skills yet. Not a lot of great pass rushing moves, but he has a ton of athleticism. And I'm sure if they work with him, he can turn into a great starter in this league.
0: Yeah, Obviously, Seattle, like we've talked about, pretty much a clean slate there outside of the wide receiver position. You could take anything it's almost just best player available for Seattle unless it's a wide receiver Um, conveniently enough number 42 Indianapolis Colts are going to take wide receiver out of Penn state Jahan Dotson. I think this is a great fit in Indy. You get your deep threat, you get your burner uh, to go alongside Michael Pittman, maybe to go alongside Julio Jones, who knows? I mean, that's something that's been swirling around with Matt Ryan, making his appearance in Indy, but, Uh, This was a guy who has been talked about in the first round a lot earlier in the draft process has kind of slipped through the cracks as other guys have started to rise up like Sky Moore, even Chris Olave has risen up a lot of boards again. So Jahan Dotson going to be the pick here for the Colts at 42.
1: Yeah, this is one that could obviously change depending on who they pick up at receiver, because Odell seems to show interest. Julio seems to have interest in Matt Ryan in general as a cat walks behind Jaden as I discuss this. But (laughs) the next pick, we have the Atlanta Falcons, who are yet again just drafting best available. You could say they could go for receiver, but this is such a deep receiver class. They could easily just draft a receiver again in the second round at their later pick, and then again in the third round, and they would come out with two guys you could probably confidently start compared to who they have now. And I'm going to go with edge rusher Kingsley Enigbare. Now, (laughs) he's coming out of South Carolina. I did finally pronounce this correctly. And he's got a lot of talent. He's one of the, he's probably one of these mid-tier guys. You put him just below Ebiketti, probably. Probably closer to boy Mafé. I know Mafé's high on a lot of people's boards. He's got a lot of good hand movement for me, I've seen. But he's not the most powerful. And I like Enigbare. Just a little bit more here, and let's be honest, for some reason, this just sounds like a name that the Atlanta Falcons would draft. They are the kings of weird names on their defense. I feel like yeah, kind of sucks that he will not get to play with Floryaceta
0: Lucon. Uh, um, <laughs> moving on, number four, or tack two, McKinley. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the little entertainment it gives everybody something to watch. Um, going on in the background any obviously podcast listeners will not be able to know what we're talking about but moving on number 44 cleveland browns they're going to take travis jones here the interior defensive lineman out of yukon how many football players have been very good out of yukon i can't think of a single one off the top of my head i mean
1: they I, did they even win a game in college last year if it, they did it was one game
0: <laughs> it was because of they travis were jones our, our wonderful second yeah. round pick here. Yeah. Our very impactful anchor. interior defensive lineman. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cleveland obviously doesn't have a first round pick because they gave that to Houston. And I mean, you could still 100% argue receiver here. Amari Cooper contract, by the way, looks fantastic right now with Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams resetting the receiver market in this back to back like five day spans. Um, $20 million cap hit seems like nothing right now for receiver of Amari Cooper's cal- caliber. Um, but there's obviously a lot of other needs in that receiver room, but I still think they're going to go Travis Jones here. I think they could very easily get a guy to come play there, like a vet of some sort of free agent. Maybe they've talked about Odell Beckham potentially coming back to Cleveland, which God, that can't make Baker Mayfield feel very good. I mean, literally nothing has changed except for the quarterback position. And now Odell Beckham wants to go back there after like basically quitting on the team. Um, but they're going to stick with Travis Jones here at 44.
1: Yeah, send some prayers up for Baker Mayfield. It's rough. Odell wants to come back now that he's leaving. Literally nobody in the world wants him, not even his own team. They told him he couldn't look for a trade when Watson wasn't initially going to come there. Nothing is going right for this man. And back to the Amari Cooper thing, I'm glad Mike Williams was an early re-signing because after watching Christian Kirk, Devontae Adams, and now Tyreek Hill, he probably would have held us for ransom at gunpoint trying to get anything he'd out of us. His contract looks a lot better now. And next up at pick number 45, we have the Baltimore Ravens. I mentioned a little earlier in the draft when Jaden had just picked for the Ravens that I would have liked a guy like Jordan Davis here on the interior. And I'm going to stick with interior, but obviously Jordan Davis isn't in the second round. So I'm going to go with Perry on Winfrey out of Oklahoma. He's been rising up boards a lot lately. And this defense needs some impact players on that front line because they're kind of stripped bare at the moment. Jermaine Johnson mixed with Odafe Owe, Michael Pierce, Matabike, and Winfrey should be a formidable front. And they already have the secondary to play with, so might as well make that defense stout. Yeah, and it doesn't
0: seem like any of those vets. Obviously, uh, Michael Pierce technically is coming back to Baltimore, and he's going to replace Brandon Williams on the inside. Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf haven't heard anything about where those guys could potentially be going or any teams interested. So maybe they do end up back in Baltimore, but as of right now, they're not. So, on Winfrey is to pick here at 45.46. This might be my favorite pick of the entire two rounds. DeMarvin Lee out, the Minnesota Vikings. I, I don't know. I just love this fit. Like, this was a guy who was a borderline top 10 pick coming into the season, but just kind of just kind of fell apart throughout this past season. But I think the talent is still there. And if Minnesota can scoop him up, I mean, you get Trent McDuffie and DeMarvin Leal in the same draft. You add Zedarius Smith in there and Neil Hunter comes back healthy. You've got Dalvin cook, Justin Jefferson. You got big man on campus, Kirk cousins. Why
1: are you laughing at me, man? <clears throat> I love this pick. This might be my favorite pick in the draft. The guy that has entirely fallen apart this last year. Favorite pick. Oh, okay,
0: <laughs> I I still love it, and I'll stand by that. I'll stand by that, dude. I'm when Demarvin Leal is the next Aaron Donald, Chris Jones clone, I don't want, I don't want any slander thrown my way. I want, I want all the credit. <laughs> oh. He has. <laughs>
1: He's definitely a guy with a lot of athletic ability. I love him. And that's, and that's exactly why I love him.
0: I love my Missing
1: athletes. in productivity.
0: <laughs> I love my athletes, man. Odolfe Owe didn't record a second, <laughs> and he came in and was fantastic for Baltimore this past year. So love this pick to Marvin
1: Lee. He so. had flashes. <laughs> blah blah blah. All right, after DeMarvin Leal, there, the pick of the draft at number 46, we're coming to number 47 for the Washington Commanders. And Kane might like this pick after recently cutting Landon Collins. I'm going to address their safety need. Jaquan Brisker, big faller here out of Penn State, they are in desperate need of any help in the secondary. I wasn't quite on board with McCreary over him because their safeties are rough and Brisker is a guy who's going to make an immediate impact on that defense, which could definitely use it on the back end because the front end is all but sure. Uh,
0: definitely a faller here. Uh, I think the first time we did this, we had Brisker going at 27, pre- pretty high for, uh, for to the him.
1: bucks. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we had yeah. And, then,
0: and then Logan Ryan ended up going there. So that kind of got scrapped, but uh, the Chicago bears are going to be back up with the Khalil Mack pick and they're going to try and hopefully get Khalil Mack's replacement in the middle of the second round with, I believe San Diego state might it's either, yes. it's some kind of SDSU. I don't know if it was South Dakota or San Diego, San but Diego, Cam Thomas pass rusher. Um, that pass rush room got really bare really quickly. Cause Robert Quinn is only a year older, kind of had a very, like, I mean, very, very surprising season this past year. I believe yes. he recorded he was second in sacks. Uh, I think he had like 18. 17 and a half, yeah, 18. Um, really, really surprising there for Robert Quinn, but he's not gonna be around forever, obviously. And I think I think Cam Thomas is a pretty solid pick here, one of the better remaining edge players left on the board.
1: I mean, he's the man of destiny. Khalil Mack went to the team that was initially from San Diego. Draft the guy from San Diego, and yeah. Cam Thomas here. He's got a lot of speed off the edge. He could be more refined, but when you have Robert Quinn there, it takes attention off of you. And for this next pick, we are at number 49, New Orleans Saints. Now, some people are going to call for receiver here. I'm going to call for the future because apparently they're going to give up on Taysom Hill, and that was solely Sean Payton's project, and now he's got a bunch of guaranteed money that they are not going to be able to dump off anymore and just imaginary money, make it up, disperse it however you need, like they have been. And I'm going to go with Sam Howell here. He is just, I like him more than Kenny Pickett personally as prospect. He has a good arm. He's willing to run and he lowers his shoulder when he runs. He is an aggressive player, great deep ball I like everything about him. Last year, he had a massive fall off in his draft stock. But look what happened. He lost Javante Williams and Michael Carter. He also lost two receivers, I believe, on the offensive end. He was pretty much playing by himself out there. Him and Ty Chandler, who's a very late-round pick halfback at this point, that was the offense. And he had to come up with whatever he could. I think at one point in the season, this team was still somehow ranked. And Sam Howell, I don't think he's getting the de- The attention he deserves.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I like Sam Howell a lot too as a player. I mean, this was a guy who next to Spencer Rattler, who not not necessarily a good thing to be next to Spencer Rattler right now, as he went from being potentially the number one overall pick to now having to go back to school because he was going to be like a fourth round pick. They they were supposed to be like the top two quarterbacks off the board in this class this time last year. Everything gets stripped away from him, like you talked about, but. He, he played pretty well this past year. I mean, especially considering what was going on around him. I believe he, I've, if I remember correctly, he scored like 50 something on a ranked team. I uh, can't remember the team off the top of my head, but I mean, there were, there were definitely flashes there for Sam how this past season. So I love this pick um, moving on number 50. This is going to be Georgia linebacker Quay Walker. Uh, Kansas city now has four picks inside the top 62. Um, So they got to start picking guys. I mean, you have Ajabo, you address Edge, you have Sky Moore, you address wide receiver. Now I think the next need would be linebacker. I mean, you could definitely argue corner here, but I just, I don't know if there's anybody that really fits their system that well. And we just talked about, you know, maybe they might be looking for James Bradbury or Stephon Gilmore, a more proven veteran presence there at corner. So Quay Walker going to be the pick here for the Kansas State Chiefs.
1: Yeah, they have a lot of needs they still have on the defensive end, and he's one of the guys that can help sure it up. One of those Georgia linebackers. Pretty much, you draft a guy from Georgia, you're going to be set because they did just win the national title. And next up, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at 51. And with this pick, I'm going to take Jalen Petray out of Baylor. He's a safety. They are strapped at safety, and he's not just any safety. He's pretty much a utility guy. You can put him just about anywhere. He can be a hard hitter. He can make up for their lack of talent at linebacker. And I know they had three picks in the first round and people are going to call for linebacker, but linebackers kind of getting phased out of the game. And we have a lot of them slide in our mock draft. You can play safeties in the box if needed to. And Petre is just one of those guys that has that ability.
0: Yeah. And that's weirdly enough. That's one of the criticisms that a lot of people get when they take a linebacker with the Eagles is like, Oh, how he's never going to do that. Like he never drafts linebackers in the first round. Like, why did you even bother? Um, So we just, I, I didn't want to have that happen. So we just didn't take one. Um, But I think, I think Petra is very good here. You can use him anywhere, kind of in the same kind of in a different way that you could use Jalen Mills everywhere. Like you kind of moved him from safety to corner. Now you can move Jalen Petrie from, safety to linebacker if you need to 52 the Pittsburgh Steelers very tempted by Roger McCreary here but actually in the first mock we did before we had to redo it I took Roger McCreary at 52 but that was when I didn't take a corner at 20 and I wanted to double up I also thought about uh, Desmond Ritter I thought about Matt Corral here but ultimately we're going to take one of those mid-round receivers that I've talked about and John Mechie is going to be the pick here from Alabama. Tore his ACL in the SEC championship game, I think. I know. No, uh,
1: Nashville. Oh, no, wait, no. no that was, was, that was Jameson. Title. Yeah. Yeah. Was, tore it in the. Got him mixed up for a second. Yeah. I mean, they both tore ACLs so. though. Very easy Killed to the do. Killed draft stock.
0: Yeah. But uh, this was a guy who was first round talent before that happened. And while. Wow. <laughs> We don't want to have to wait for him. I think this is the best receiver left on the board. Um, and if we can get this guy, I think he opens up the offense. Christian Watson was definitely in play here, but he just feels very redundant with Chase Claypool and talked about it. We need receiver bad. We've lost Juju, James Washington, and Ray, Ray McLeod in the span of 24 hours. So John Mechie going to pick be the pick here at 52 for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Yeah, I like the pick of Mechie here. He's a speedier you caught somewhat a utility guy you just try to get him to make his own space and with this whatever the new look Steelers offense is going to be I'd imagine he'd be a big part of it one of the guys I'd like here who's similar to Mechie probably a little more explosive like playmaking now that Ray Ray McLeod's gone you could get a return man like Calvin Austin but He is unfortunately going to go undrafted in this as my favorite player to not get drafted. We might have to do a list at the end of guys that we love that didn't quite go. He would be at the top of the list for me. (laughs) Number 53, we're going to go to the Packers, and we're going to draft Nick Benito out of Oklahoma. Right, Oklahoma? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. I was pretty sure I couldn't remember without writing it down, and I didn't write this one down. They need help at edge. They, well, not necessarily. They just like to stack up their edge rushers. And I think trying to make up for the absence of zadarius Smith now, even though they still have Preston Smith there, they like to run three D ends and having that extra guy is always helpful for them.
0: Yeah. I just, I've never understood. Like, those are all three stand up edge guys. I don't, I don't, I've never understood that like, it's cool to have a rotation, but they have three guys that are that good. Um Just never made sense to me. I don't know. Somebody can maybe explain it to me. Moving on. legs. Yeah. Moving on. Number 54, the New England Patriots. This is the Roger McCurry pick. I love this fit. Um, They didn't get to go corner in the first round. because Devin Lloyd was there. They obviously need linebacker still, but J.C. Jackson out the door. Stephon Gilmore has been out the door now. Now corner goes from being a strength when you had – Gilly, JC, and Jonathan Jones all in that cornerback room to now you just have Jonathan Jones. You need a corner to come in and fill that void. And that is going to be Roger McCreary from Auburn.
1: Yeah, that's an easy pick for them because McCreary is probably one of the upper tier cornerbacks still too, if you think about it.
0: Very easily the
1: best player left on the board, in my opinion. Oh yeah, by far. And next pick we have, number 55, Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to address a need that I was on the fence about in round one, but instead took Nose Tackle and Devontae White. I'm going to take Dylan Parham out of Memphis, the guard. He's going to sure up that interior offensive line for them. Hopefully they can get the run game going even more now that they have re-signed James Conner and hopefully protect midget man kyler murray now that he's complaining about the team and they are now talking to malik willis for some reason
0: yeah i i saw that and was like genuinely confused because like there's a difference between going to liberty pro day and like saying that you're there for someone else when obviously you're not because there's no one else there to go for and actually like having a known interview and like sitting down with the guy like that's kind of eyebrow raising it might be something to watch for it didn't really get a whole lot of public attention but i did see uh, it was like a picture or something of uh, I don't know if it was kime or Kingsbury or whoever it was talking to him, but anyway, moving on, number fifty-six Dallas Cowboys this is gonna be Christian Watson. I really, I really like this one because obviously you lose Amari Cooper um because you didn't want to give him that money, which I understand because you've got to you gotta pay a lot of other guys here, but you get a big six four, great, great, great athlete in Christian Watson. Um kind of taking a fall because he's been rising up a lot of boards. So like you could maybe consider this a fall for him, but I love this fit here in Dallas giving kind of reloading those weapons for Dak Prescott.
1: Oh yeah. A guy like Watson is huge in this situation, six four and still has blazing speed. It should be able to combat that Amari Cooper loss by a big time, especially since you still have Gallup and CD and Schultz there. The offense would definitely be on a rebound if you go from Linderbaum to Watson. And next pick, we have the Buffalo Bills again. For this pick, I'm going to take Logan Hall out of Houston. He can play both edge and nose tackle. He kind of flip-flops between the two, whichever more you need. And honestly, the defensive line still needs help, even though they picked up Vaughn Miller for a ridiculously large contract it's nice to have a guy that, you know, you can play anywhere on that defensive line and make an impact. And it's also a bit of a best available pick for a need that they have at this moment in time. Yeah. And I mean,
0: I don't think I'll ever see a day in which the Buffalo bills do not take a defensive lineman in the first three rounds. I just, that is an absolute staple of that organization of that front office. That's, and I think that's going to transfer over to Joe Shane in New York, They're obviously looking to address the trenches that we've talked about at great length, but Buffalo Bills, I think that's a very good pick there. You can move him along that line. Finally, the Atlanta Falcons. Before I tell you what the pick is fun fact, when we did this mock draft the first time number 58 was Kenny Pickett. So Kenny Pickett is taking the biggest (laughs) leap that I think I've ever seen in a two day span from 58 to six And most people will say that where he should be drafted is probably right in the middle of that, like bottom of the first round, top of the second, kind of made him fall a little bit. Um, and then they obviously are polar opposites, yeah, kind of (laughs) takes a huge leap up to six, um, to the Carolina Panthers. But this is going to be Khalil Shakir out of Boise State. It is very obvious that the Atlanta Falcons need wide receivers. They lose Calvin Ridley. And you would think, well, they don't have Calvin Ridley on the roster. They probably have an extra second or maybe even an extra first round pick. But no, he got suspended for gambling. And then Russell Gage gets a freaking call from Tom Brady saying, Hey man, why don't you come down and play in Tampa Bay? Um randomist player I, to like, call to. Okay. Uh what are you, what are you gonna do at that point? You're obviously gonna go down and play in Tampa Bay. So now the Falcons are staring at Olymid Zacchaeus, like, okay, well. You're, you're the guy now. So, I mean, maybe maybe we should have addressed this earlier, but it just didn't feel right to take guys when they were there. Like, obviously, if Jahan Dotson makes it to 43, probably would have been the pick, but he gets picked right before them. They have their pick of wide receivers at eight, but I just think Derek Stingley's way too dominant. So they're going to go with Khalil Shakir here at 58.
1: Yeah, they finally address it. Obviously, there's going to be good receivers later in the draft still that are coming up in the third round, and there's more time to address it, and there's always a sleeper receiver in there somewhere. Next up, we have the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to keep addressing this offensive line because their quarterback is old as hell, and you might as well get cheap offensive line while you can. And I'm going to take Jamari Saylor out of Georgia. He's a guy who can play guard or tackle, but luckily... Tackle is pretty much locked down when you have Raymond and Bakhtiari out there. So you can just put him in the trenches and plug him away, try to establish the run since you have pretty much just Traylon Burks out there. Now might as well win in the trenches.
0: And I, I love, uh, I love Salier as a player. If we didn't go out and get four interior offensive linemen, I probably would have went and got him at 52. I just don't trust him to play tackle full time. Um, but I love him as a player. I love this fit for Green Bay because they're about to get really expensive at offensive line because I don't know when Bakhtiari's contract is up, but you got to imagine he's going to want to be paid like the top tackle that he is. And Elton Jenkins is one of the best Got an
1: extension last year. Oh, okay. Well,
0: Elton Jenkins is, I know he's getting ready to come up here in the next two years um, and he's going to want big money because he is one of the best young interior offensive linemen in the NFL. Speaking of interior offensive linemen, number 60, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to get Sean Ryan of, I believe, UCLA here, interior offensive linemen, probably going to slide right into that left guard spot that was left by Ali Marpet. We talked about it when they were picking in the first round, they kind of got screwed by the only three first round interior offensive linemen that were available going one, two, three, right in front of them. So they're going to be able to address that here at 60. I was tempted by quarterback, again, they went Kyle Trask in last year's second round. I kind of thought about it here, but you're, you're trying to run it back. You're going to put the best team around Tom Brady as possible.
1: Next up, at 61, we have the 49ers. We're going to continue this trenches run of the offensive line. I'm going to take Darian Kennard out of Kentucky. They just lost Lakin Tomlinson, and Kennard, he is an amazing run blocker. And this offense is predicated on the run and their success in the run game. So they're going to have to fill that void that he leaves them with. I know they have a lot of voids, probably more in the secondary on the defensive end, maybe use another receiver along with Ayuk and Debo, but their game is entirely predicated in the trenches and they're going to have to win there in order to make maybe another NFC championship run like they did this past year. And who knows, is it, who will be a quarterback If it's Jimmy G they're obviously going to be running the football, but if Trey Lance comes in, no idea yet, but you definitely want to protect the young guy that you gave up three first round picks for. Yeah. And not to say
0: that all of these picks won't happen, but, This is one of the picks that I feel the strongest about happening. And that's very weird to say at 61, but I think the Niners are going to fall in love with him as of how good of a run blocker he is and to be likely be available around 61. I think this is something that happens again, not to discredit everything else that we've done with the other 60 picks. Hopefully they all happen and we look like geniuses, but I like this one. (laughs) Going to end the offensive line run though. And not to be confused with Darian Kennard, I'm going to take Darian Kendrick for the Kansas City Chiefs cornerback out of Georgia. They get their fourth need here uh, addressed with a corner from Georgia. Guy that's going to come in, might even start day one as a late second-round pick just because of the need that's going to be there, depending on what they do in the rest of free agency. Um, fills a need, pretty cut and dry, best corner available, Darion Kendrick.
1: Yeah, obviously this one – could be up for change looking at now the news we dropped midway through this of Gilmore and Bradbury getting their attention but he's still a great player he could still fill in for them even if they have that because they did lose Ward and their secondary wasn't exactly strong last year either so might as well keep stacking it up while you have four picks in the first few rounds next up number 63 the Cincinnati Bengals Oddly enough, at 31 and 63, I picked people at the same position, just a different person both times because Ojabo was no longer there after this second time where we did it. I moved him up to the Chiefs. And this next one, Christian Harris fell right into their lap. He is a massive faller and an amazing linebacker to pair with Logan Wilson. Wilson is a solid linebacker. Harris has a chance to be – Probably above average, maybe Pro Bowl. Just seeing as though he had the talent to even go to Alabama, you have to be good to go there. So might as well. And yeah. linebackers not necessarily strength of theirs. Wilson's okay at best. Might as well keep stacking up on the defense again. Offensive line always on the table for this team, but there's not a lot of great guys at this point because we just went on a massive run.
0: Yeah, and like you said uh offensive line kind of got addressed for them in free agency like that was the big need like Linderbaum was mocked to them a lot um the two guards uh kenyon green and zion johnson also mocked them a lot but they're able to address that in free agency so now you're kind of looking around and you're just like well is this do we kind of have like luxury pick potential here um and they're going to take that with Christian Harris as a guy that was mocked in the first round this time last year. So hopefully they can bring that back out of him and get a first round caliber player at the bottom half of the second round. Finally wrap this up. Denver Broncos with their first pick in the draft after the Russell Wilson trade are going to get Chad Muma out of Wyoming. I like, I like this pick simply because his name is Chad Muma. Such a great name. Um, this was a guy that like a lot of people thought were gonna stay was gonna stay an extra year, could have you know maybe been a top 10, top 20 pick, but played did really well at the combine. Um and the Broncos kind of have a need to fill at linebacker with AJ Johnson and I believe uh, Josie Jewell came back, but you could still look to upgrade there at linebacker for the Denver Broncos, and that's it. That's all we got. That's all two, that's all two rounds there we got. Um I'm really surprised that like, yeah, I'm really surprised that like Stefan Diggs or, you know, Jalen Ramsey, one of those top guys did not request a trade and get traded throughout the course of this podcast with the way that the last week or so has been going, (laughs) I was like fully prepared to have to stop this thing. And we rewrite the entire thing because some team gave up like four picks in this, like the Jets sent like four picks for somebody and we'd have to redo this entire thing. But luckily that did not happen um and maybe uh, by the time by the
1: time this makes it out i was just about to
0: say it, but of course by the time this gets out something will have happened that makes us look like idiots and you know this draft order might be completely changed i can promise you that the draft order will change by the time roger goodell's calling names because everything is constantly changing over this last it's week or so constant chaos this, this is this is and like i've always said that i wanted the NFL to be more like NBA free agency, like, but this is NBA free agency on acid. Like, this is absolutely crazy.
1: I the NBA doesn't even compare to what's been going yeah, on. like this is, this is this is just, absolutely nuts. This is ten years worth of free agency and trades, yeah, wrapped up into two weeks, pretty much.
0: Yeah, and I'm like in the process of putting together like a big graphic for like all the guys that have moved, and I'm running out of room because all these top end guys keep moving around. Like I had everything ready and Tyreek freaking gets moved today. Like had absolutely no idea, no thought that that was going to happen. So honestly, I personally, as an NFL fan, and as I'm sure a lot of you, you got to love it. Like, this is, this is so fun to watch. Like you're always on the edge of your seat, like what's going to happen. Who's going to get moved today. And you just hope it's not a guy from your team, because I know a lot of people woke up to Tyreek Hill in a Dolphins uniform and they're like, what the fuck? Why did, why is this happening to me? I'm just, I mean, TJ watt seems like a pretty loyal guy. I just hope that I don't wake up to a trade request from him tomorrow. Obviously dude, just put yourself in the, put yourself in the thought of (laughs) Justin Herbert requesting a trade. When you wake up tomorrow, that can't be a good feeling.
1: No, would (laughs) never do that. He's been a Chargers fan for life. He's going to stay there for life. Yeah. until we like ruin them or something and he's just tired of random nobody knows how they lost this game and missed the playoffs
0: number one offense number one defense missed the playoffs type of situation there in la am i right stop breathing that's gonna be this
1: season it's set up
0: for that yeah that dude that would be that'd be so funny if that happens twice in the same franchise but anyway we're gonna wrap this up here kill myself if that happens wow okay um we're gonna wrap this up here. Uh if you're listening to us on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please be sure to leave a rating, hopefully a five-star rating. Cause are we're, we're, we're a cool, we're a cool podcast, I like to think. Um, and regardless of what you listen to us on, please go follow us on Instagram at Blitzpod, TikTok at Blitzpod, and Twitter at the Blitz Podcast. Um we're going to try and have another episode up recapping everything that's happened uh, over the last week or two uh, in free agency. Probably two
1: episodes. I was
0: about to say, we'll probably have to split it into like two to four episodes or just have like one six hour special where we talk about everything that's happened. Um, that's going to be it for us. Jaden Kozak, Mitchell McDonald, Blitz Podcast.